it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It's Christmas time of year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, buddy. Maybe hang on to your day job. (laughs) Hey. Welcome back to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. That was Craig McConnell crooning one of his favorite Yuletide carols. Fall on your knees. <laughs> That's actually my favorite. Wow. Oh, holy night. You know, we actually didn't expect to start the show like this. Craig's <laughs> just kind of, hey, he's on a roll here today. And it's December 14th. Feeling Christmassy. So second in a series of four podcasts, we thought we'd just offer around the holidays and finding life, finding God, finding mm-hmm. goodness in the midst of whatever your particular circumstances are. Craig, we're a week from Christmas, give or take three days or so. What are your feelings? What is beginning to stir inside you? I don't know if I'm a romantic or not, but oh my goodness. I have this picture of Christmas. Pray Christmas Eve, God comes. His presence is heavy and We're spending endless hours, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, just alternating between just a profound worship, probably faces on the floor, and just adoring him, and then reflections on the significance of the incarnation and our deepest and best theologies and thoughts on the value and importance, and then Family time that is just the most intimate and close and wonderful and loving. And everything from food to gifts to conversations to smiles and hugs. I could just go on and on. But something about Christmas, I just yearn and long for all that and more. Have you ever had that? Never, never. Perhaps not recently, but most Christmases end, and I just feel so disappointed, maybe even borderline depressed, that it never lives up to something that is planted within me. Mm. Mm. I just want to begin this by saying Stacy was supposed to be here, and she couldn't. So disclosure, because I'm going to tell family stories, and she knows, and she would have been here to defend herself <laughs> had everything gone as planned. But there is this pressure. There's this pressure that begins to enter into our family culture and into our household around Christmas. And it's that. Yes. It's that the yearning for the golden moments, mm-hmm. the yearning for the golden moments, and then everything we try and do to make the golden moments happen. Yeah. And there's a pressure that I think a lot of people feel around this time of year to feel something. And maybe they don't feel any of what you were just describing. That's not, that's not what they're feeling. But mm-hmm. the pressure communicated in music and decoration and the season and what other people are doing and, and stuff, it would be really good, dear friends, as you're kind of – cruising along in this podcast with us here in the week of December 14th, what are you feeling around Christmas? Just begin to put some words to it. It's really helpful to put words to it. 
What are you feeling? Yeah. And you, John, what does this stir up in you? I'm sorry to say that one of my first words, if I turn the editor off, is fear. Fear that it won't be the golden mm-hmm. moments. Fear that somehow, you know, there's going to be family tension. Some of our dear friends are going to feel left out. You know, it's not going to be everything Stacy had hoped it would be. She loves Christmas season and decorates for it and does so much to make it beautiful. But just fear is one. Mm-hmm. Just that underlying Dread is too strong of a word, but that underlying foreboding that begins to get in of, well, I hope so. Here we go, you know. Um, But also at the same time, joy Mm -hmm. is another thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Having a ball, enjoying it, enjoying the season. You know, in fact, our kids get to come home. We do get to see friends, you know. There's a lot of joy around yeah. it. So it's this weird combination, fear, joy, hope, mm-hmm. hope for goodness, for God, for beauty. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry to say the fourth thing is cynicism. Yeah. Dang it. If I'm just candid, I feel hope, I feel joy, I feel a little foreboding. And then there's this tinged cynicism that's sort of collected over the years, right? Mm -hmm. Because as you were saying, you know, the season for some reason evokes longings. I've begun to finally identify this. Finally. I've begun to identify this. Let me try a pass at it. Seasons like this one. Now, for other people, it may be other seasons. It might be summer vacation. It might be an anniversary, a birthday. It might be, you know, some special event in your life. But certain seasons awaken our Eden heart. Mm. Mm. Like you have a heart. You have a heart that was made for Eden. And you have a heart, more importantly, that heart is made for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so... The longings that get stirred at a time of year like this tap into your kingdom heart. Yeah. And I just want to say your kingdom heart's really good. It's really good. All those longings are really good. But when we attach them to earthly things that maybe the kingdom is kind of partly in but mm-hmm. not fully yet, yeah. it can be disappointing. Over the years, we can get cynical it's been really helpful to me to go, there's nothing wrong with me. Yes. These expectations, hopes, desires, fears are not wrong. It's just that my kingdom heart is being awakened. Mm. You have a heart for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I have a heart for the kingdom. And by that, I don't mean like a heart for evangelism. You know, I mean literally the kingdom of God, the wedding feast of the Lamb. Beauty, intimacy, love, laughter, unhurried conversation, connection, being known, celebration, worship, God, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a good heart. Like that's a kingdom heart. You have that heart and it's helped me to come to an understanding that, oh, that's what's being awakened Mm -hmm. around Christmas. And while glimpses, hints, moments – of the kingdom do break through, Mm -hmm. I have to be careful I don't 
give my kingdom heart over to something that's not the kingdom. Right, right. I recognize the longings. I recognize those. I was designed for golden moments mm-hmm. and something far deeper than that. One thing you said, you know, I'm okay. I don't beat myself up. You don't go to shame or contempt. Or cynicism. Or cynicism. Yeah. And Craig, I think what you're asking is partly what we're doing right now. You need to put words to it. Mm -hmm. Friends, it would be really good if you got a moment in the next couple days, grab your journal or piece of paper and just – or if you're driving right now, and just do it when you turn the podcast off. Just what am I feeling? Just start with that. Mm -hmm. What am I feeling right now about the holidays, about Christmas? What are my expectations Just name these things. Name them so that you're not kind of carried along by unnamed feelings and expectations. Yeah. And then can I add a big one? And what are the agreements? Mm -hmm. What are the agreements that you are making right now about the holidays or that you have made historically? Yeah. Can I explain agreements real quick? You better. Well, if you haven't been tracking, if you're somewhat new to the Ransom Heart world and, you know, every world has a language and it has a culture and, you know, so you drop into the ski world or the surf world or whatever and there's always a language and a culture and that sort of thing. And we do that too. So let me explain ours. Agreements. Agreements are these often very subtle alignments that we make with a particular view or a conviction, right? So you go, man, it's just hard. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, Christmas is just hard. That would be an agreement. It's an idea that crept in probably through a very reasonable you know, experience. But something in your heart goes, yeah, that's what's true. Yeah. That's an agreement. You know, Christmas is not for me or Christmas is just a lonely time of year. While that may be circumstantially true, you want to be really careful you don't actually make an agreement with that. Mm-hmm. And we make agreements around all kinds of things. We make agreements about relationships, make agreements about ourselves, we make agreements about work, our future, and we make agreements about love, right? Right. Yeah. But we also make agreements around the holidays. Craig, you got a sense of what a couple of yours might be? Well, Yeah. Put some words to some of your expectations. Now, what might an agreement sound like? Well, one that immediately comes to mind goes back to the podcast last week. As I'm sitting here, I'm just thinking I make an agreement that I have a free pass on just my relationship with Christ and what I need to do and to maintain that. It's easy for me to take the holiday season off based on agreement that I get a pass. Yeah. The other is the um, cynicism that you mentioned, John. We tend to be pretty social around Christmas, and it's out of, one, my wife's desire and, and mine to some degree, but I make an agreement that, ah, it's just, I don't want to be with it. So-and-so. So-and-so. Yeah. Family or friends, and I just go into it with, this sucks. And it's amazing how you're in and you're out. It does suck. <laughs> Especially if you make the yeah, agreement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
in the agreement, in my case, can feel like a demand. The agreement I make is that that everything I long and yearn for Christmas to be, that those golden moments can happen or should happen. I expect them mm-hmm. to. And then mm-hmm. I have to account for why they didn't happen. And I usually will be harsh on myself or others for not living up to what it could have been. Mm. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. It does. Friends, that's why agreements are such dangerous things because they become self-fulfilling prophecy or they become the lens by which you perceive everything. And so regardless of what's actually happening, you may have people reaching out to you. Mm -hmm. You may have invitations. But if you've already made the agreement, no, this is just a lonely time of year for me, you just filter all that stuff out. It's almost like you don't even hear it or see it. Yes. You know, or if you make the agreement, it's just going to be hard. There actually may be some wonderful moments in the next two weeks ahead for you. And you miss them. Yeah. Because you're already settled into you have the lenses, the filter on that it's just going to be hard and you actually end up missing, yeah. right? Yeah. The good things that come. So the last, you know, kind of 12 minutes of our conversation here was kind of an answer to Craig's thing of how do you not give your kingdom heart to things that can't possibly mm-hmm. meet your kingdom heart? How do you not fall prey to either pressure or undue expectation or putting pressure, frankly, on others to come through and make your holiday right. And well, we said here, begin to put some words to it. Mm -hmm. Begin to name, first off, just what am I feeling right now? What's Mm -hmm. this podcast stirring in me? What are my expectations or lack of them? And then the third, what are the agreements Mm -hmm. that I'm making around Christmas or that, frankly, I've just made historically Mm -hmm. around Christmas? And sometimes on that particular category, you actually need Jesus's help. You need to ask him, Jesus, what are the agreements I'm making around this? Because actually, friends, I want to say it can be good. Yes. It can be good. We've had all kinds of different Christmases over the year. You know, we've had the chaotic Christmas with all kinds of extended family, and we've had the intimate Christmas with just our family. And then we've had the empty nest Christmas with now, you know, adult children and having other obligations to them and all kinds of different things. Christmases where we were sick and a lot of the household was sick. And nonetheless, nonetheless, there's goodness. There's goodness to be had. And so I want to offer a thought in that direction. Love is opposed. Joy is opposed. Mm. So it doesn't just happen. It's something that you want to consecrate. Mm. And it seems so obvious that, you know, when you're going on a short-term mission trip, man, you pray over it. Like you dedicated and you consecrated and you're consecrating your health and you're consecrating travel and inviting Jesus to fill it kind of thing. Think of it like that. Mm. Do the exact same thing. If you were going to go spend the next two weeks in Irian Jaya, right, or in Myanmar, or you were going to Borneo, you know, for the next two weeks on a mission trip, how would you handle that? You would consecrate it. So, like, meaning, literally, Jesus, I consecrate my holidays to you. 
I consecrate, if you get some time off, I consecrate my time off. I consecrate my Christmas Eve to you. I consecrate Christmas. I consecrate my home, apartment, bedroom, whatever. I consecrate my church experiences, if you're planning on, you know, a midnight New Year's Eve service or whatever. I consecrate that to you, God. I consecrate the friends I'm having over for dinner. I consecrate the meal. I consecrate the conversation. Like literally bring all of this under Jesus, Mm. all of this under Jesus. Bring it under his kingdom. Bring it under his love. Bring it under his rule. Because if you practice those things, right, yeah, there's a lot of joy to be had, whatever the circumstances are. Yeah, yeah. Craig, one more thought about it can be good and how to usher in goodness. You said something really interesting before we turned the microphones on. We were talking about the holidays. You were making the observation about they change over the years because we change over the years. Obviously, we get older, we grow up, we change, but we also change internally. You know, the healing that takes place, the maturity, that we're just different people and families change and situations change and you know, literally you may be in a completely new city, a new geography. And yeah. you, were, you were saying something really important about that, like that's okay. Yeah. You know, I can remember the first Christmas Lori and I had. It was the top of a Christmas tree about a foot and a half tall. And uh, we were so broke. We didn't give gifts. We wrote notes to one another. Then we had kids and there were Christmases where – I was embarrassed by the materialism of just gift wrap everywhere and Cabbage Patch dolls and My Little Ponies and all this stuff. And now at a stage similar to you, John, Empty Nest, where alternating years you have kids and others you don't, and how that first Christmas just alone was. And there's this part of me that just thinks – Seasons of life, stages of life, our own personal journey, just to allow things to be what they are. Your Christmas celebrations are going to be different. You as a 25-year-old man are going to experience Christmas different at 25 than you will at 65. Yes, yes. And a woman at 32 experiences Christmas so differently than a woman at 62. Yes. Yeah. So there isn't one way to do Christmas. It looks so different, as you said, based on circumstances, season of life, all of that. And wanting it to be something different than it is just doesn't work. That will steal what joy you may have. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So again, back to that question from last week, Jesus, what do you have for us? Mm -hmm. You know, we were talking about assumptions last week of, oh, no, no, we have to, you know, fill it in. You know, no, 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 we have to visit so-and-so and and then do so-and-so. And and then we always do the evening something or other. And then, you know, and just suggesting last week, check in with God on that. The same thing holds here as as seasons change, just asking God, what do you have for me? So let's do that together. First off, we're just going to pray together. Jesus, I consecrate 
my holidays and my Christmas season to you. All of it, Lord, everything, everything I'm feeling, all my expectations, work, family, friends, pressure, things that I frankly have to get done, I consecrate to you, God. I consecrate to you my Christmas and all that that means this year. I consecrate Christmas Eve and I consecrate Christmas. I consecrate the days afterwards. I bring all of this under you, Jesus. I bring it all under your love in my world, in my kingdom this year. I consecrate it to you. And then, gang, you can kind of fill this in as there are specifics. You know, if you have family coming, I consecrate the visit of my cousin and his wife. I consecrate, you know, those things. And Jesus says, I'm consecrating. I also pause to ask, what do you have for me? Hmm. What do you have for me? Would you guide, guide my internal expectations this year, expose my agreements, help me break them, and show me what you have for me, God. Show me what you have for me both internally in terms of just intimacy with you, God, as I celebrate your coming for me. And God, show me what you have for me just situationally, Mm. what I should say yes to or no to, who I should reach out to and who I shouldn't and all that, Jesus, just even down to worship services and when, when would you have us engage and when would you have us not and show us what you have for us. Would you come, Jesus, you are called the shepherd and the guardian of our souls. Would you come and shepherd and guard my soul through Christmas? I give you permission to write the script in your name. Amen. Friends, just offered in hopes that last week and this week are some helpful guidance and orientation and kind of catching your heart here and Good things are available, hope, joy, love to you. And next week, we're going to continue on and go deep into Christmas itself. You've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast with John Eldridge and Craig McConnell.